Hi guys, welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. Uh, I am actually uh, blowing and going here uh, north of Tucson, south of Casa Grande uh, on I-10. I left probably 5 o'clock in the morning, maybe a little bit before 5 on Tuesday morning to go to uh, Sonora, Mexico to uh, scout for some uh, new Gould's turkey and coos deer properties. Um, Dara and I are always uh, searching for new properties, new areas, and um, just trying to look at as many fresh properties as we can and always search for those, you know, giant coos bucks and, you know, actually good solid cooster hunting properties that are glassable and you know mountain ranches that we can hunt uh you know the way we like to and then finding those uh goulds turkey properties you know the mountain properties where the goulds are um is always so fun and uh this trip was no different. Uh, I went by myself. I uh, actually um, met some of uh, my contacts down in Mexico and um, had a great trip. Uh, looked at a handful of different properties kind of all over um, and traveled quite a bit. Um, when I wasn't looking at properties, I was driving to other areas and I tried to clump the properties what i typically do is try and clump a few properties in uh the same area together uh so that i can look at you know two or three properties a day and uh dar and i have used this tactic uh for many years uh scouting and and looking at new properties an interesting thing that you know it, it always rings true and I'm always reminded every time I go down and looking at new properties is, you know, you can drive around and look at tracks, look at water holes, look at country, you know, hike up on knobs, um, look at sheds. And it, until you actually go and glass it, and I like to say until you go and hunt it, till you go and glass it during the same time frame. You know, we typically hunt December, January time frame down in Sonora for coos. Until you actually go down and hunt it, you really don't know what you have. I mean, you can run trail cameras. You can glass these properties, you know, this time of year. Um, and you can find specific bucks doing that. But. Uh, in our business of trying to take, you know, fully outfitted hunts and trying to do uh, do-it-yourself uh, type properties for other coos deer fanatics, um, you know, it, you never really know till you actually go and glass. Um, you can set cameras and find a big buck or two, uh, but most people that lease properties, you know, want ranches from four to ten tags and even on the fully outfitted deal uh you know an outfitter would would uh barely survive if they only took one or two clients so most of the ranches on our fully guided uh trips are you know five five tag ranches plus 
um, and we typically do two fully guided trips uh, each year, sometimes three, uh, sometimes uh, just two, but mostly just two trips. But I guess what I'm getting at is just a rule of thumb out there for you guys. And I think this goes true for like new units that you're going to hunt. Um, I would highly recommend like if you're scouting a new unit in, say, Arizona uh, for coos deer, go in January and hunt with your bow and like glass it out and see, you know, what is there during the rut. Now, keep in mind that brings in a whole nother equation of if you're at a property when they're rutting and then your season is not during the rut, you're going to have a different experience. But uh, what I found is glassing in February or March or even glassing in, you know, September or August or October, you can't really get a sense or a feel of how a Mexico ranch is until you actually go in December and January during that time frame which you plan to hunt. So going back to the Arizona state land deal, if you go glass, say, you know, unit 34A south of Tucson, you've never been in the unit. Well, the best time to go to see the unit at what I would think would be the best would be, you know, right during the peak of the rut. So in January, take your bow or don't even take your bow and just go glass. And if you went in glass for four or five days, I'm betting you would gather a bunch of intel and information that would help you uh, make a decision whether that's a unit that you want to hunt uh, you know, on the rifle hunts, even whether it's October, November, or December, because if you see a unit in its best form, um, you know, at least you know that there's bucks in that unit that you, you know, that, that got your blood pressure up. Now I'm going to tell you that if you go in January and you go back in October, we've talked about this before on, on lots of other podcasts, your activity level is normally going to be a lot different. You know, in October, November, and and even early December, you don't have near as much movement. Bucks are not chasing does. You know, a lot of times uh, in October, November, early December, those bucks are still in their bachelor groups. Uh, But you can learn a lot by going and glassing a unit um, during the rut. And, you know, in Mexico, one of the challenges is... um, we're actually hunting on the properties that, you know, we don't have time to go to, to a new property because we're right during our current hunts. So that forces us to go, you know, scout these properties in Mexico after the rut, usually in February, sometimes in early March. Uh, but, you know, and, and another thing is like if that's the only time you can go, it's better than not going at all. Uh, but for sure, we always say it's kind of a crapshoot until um, you go hunt it and you can gather, you know, I like to try and find as many sheds as I can find, you know, ask the cowboy if they have, you know, deer horns, deer antlers in the in the shed uh, you know, lion kills, anything that can give you any sort of idea as to, you know, antler configuration. If you, if you see six or seven different sheds 
and they're all really good sheds, it's probably a pretty good indication that there's some age class around. When all you find is, you know, little 70 and 80 and 90 inch bucks, probably a pretty good indication that there's a lot of young bucks around. Or maybe it's a ranch in Mexico that uh, is, you know, I've been to a bunch of ranches that, you know, uh, there's a ton of deer you know, 50, 60, 70, 80 deer days, and the biggest buck you'll see is 95 inches. So part of what we're always looking for is sheds. We're obviously looking at country. We're looking at how glassable is it? How accessible is it? Where are the roads? Does it have roads? But specifically, like, where are the roads in relation to different glassing knobs, ridge tops? Um, a lot of properties may have roads, but where the roads are is not conducive to efficiently being able to get up on a high ridge or a high knob and, you know, get to glassing right away. If you spend all your time hiking, uh, you're not going to get as much glassing. A thing that I really, that we really like about Mexico is, you know, you're not dealing with outside hunting pressure normally, unless the ranchers, you know, slipping guys in on you. If you have an exclusive lease, you have the ability to, uh, you know, uh, a go and, and glass. But a lot of times it's access and how can I efficiently access this ranch? You know, are the roads down in the very bottom of the desert floor and you have to hike up to, you know, every single ridge? Or are there some nice roads that get you some elevation? Then you can then throw on your pack and get even higher, get up on, you know, get some vantage, um, you know, to glass. So that that's something else we're looking at. Other thing we're looking at is, you know, water sources. Uh, you know, are there repressos or, or water tanks? They call them repressos down there. Uh, are there pilas, uh, which are which are water troughs? Uh, are there papalotes, which are um, windmills? Um, you know, where are the deer going to get their water? And turkeys, for that matter. You know, a lot of Gould's turkey properties, the better ones have a lot of water. So, you know, asking the owner, you know, where is the live water? Do you have any, you know, creeks, you know, little trickles? Do you have tanahas, which are springs? Uh, you know, seeps that that's, you know, seeping water out from the ground all year long. And, and you can learn a lot by talking to the vaqueros, uh, which are the cowboys or talking to the owners. Um, but there, there's a lot to going in and scouting these ranches. And it's something uh, usually Dar and I go together. Uh, he had some things going on uh, with the real estate business uh, that he couldn't couldn't leave. Um, and I had a window. I had just gotten back from the National Wild Turkey Federation uh, convention in Nashville, Tennessee. And um, I had some connections made with uh, some of my contacts. And I just thought I need to get down there and, and check some new properties out. So it was a good trip. Um, found a, a, a couple of properties that I think will uh, work really well for us. And um, there's always a little bit of unknown because, like I said, you go down there. You don't know exactly what you have until you really go hunt it. I think it takes like a good six, seven days to really kind of get a, a good gauge or a good judge on, you know, deer density, um, quality of deer, numbers of bucks in relation, you know, to does, buck to doe ratios. 
Um, and then how that property uh, works or how that property fits with your style of hunting. If you're a run and gunner, you know, um, and you like to walk ridge lines and glass off both sides, you know, or if you're a guy that likes to, you know, you know, take your lunch and go up to a point and spend all day on one particular point. I mean, you got to kind of figure out what you want out of a property. And I think you can take that into hunting on and scouting on state land as well. Is that unit conducive to your style of hunting? Uh, you know, are you going to enjoy hunting that piece of ground or that piece of property, whether it be private or public? Like, does it fit what you like to do? Um, so, you know, those are all things that we're thinking about. Uh, went to one property, uh, found a buck that's, I put a picture of it on my Instagram you know, I did not score it. I just eyeballing, you know, probably eight inch plus type eye guards, you know, 10 inch type G2s, maybe better, uh, you know, eight or nine for sure type of G3s, you know, it looked like 19, maybe even 20 inch main beams, you know, a really solid buck, just, just, you know, kind of medium, just, just kind of average, good, solid mass for a buck of that caliber. But, you know, here's a, here's a buck probably pushing 130 as a three by three. Uh, you know, a three point that's, you know, a stud. Um, I, I think it's easy to base all of your, um, you know, your desire to want to hunt a property off one shed. That's a double edged sword because, for one, you don't know for sure if that shed was found on the property. You don't know if, oh, I got a cousin down in Hermosillo that's on a desert ranch and, you know, brought the brought that up and you know he puts it up there and you know gets uh gringos to come and you know oh yeah look at that giant buck i'll take the ranch so you have to take everything with a grain of salt uh but it's sure fun uh it's just just fabulous going down there uh never ceases to amaze me how much i actually love being in mexico uh woke up this morning and had probably 20 25 mile an hour winds um, could hear it blowing it. I, I woke up about four thirty. was excited to, to, to see the new property today and was looking at videos and pictures, uh, from, from the last couple of days scouting down there. And, uh, the wind was just howling. And, uh, anyway, uh, I had a good day today and, uh, found some, uh, great, uh, potential Gould's Turkey properties. Uh, and those are always a challenge to find, uh, just because of, uh, those birds are, are, are pretty finicky as far as where they like to be. They have to have all the right ingredients. You know, they have to have enough water. Uh, they have to have enough cover. If they don't have enough cover, um, you know, the turkey eggs, uh, you know, in the summer, um, you know, they're very susceptible to coyotes, you know, foxes, skunks, um, you know, eating those eggs. And those turkey poults, you know, they, they you know, they're, they're pretty um, susceptible to to uh, predation, as well as you know they need cover. Uh, you know if you get to a ranch that they're doing too much charcoal, uh, they're cutting way too much of the underbrush. It's very common in Mexico these ranches, and it brings a, a kind of a smile to my face because years ago I took uh, Steve Steve Ranella, my friend um, that that hosts the Meat Eater. Uh, TV and the Meat Eater podcast, 
um, on a Gould's turkey hunt down in Mexico. And uh, when we got to the ranch, uh, he had seen a bunch of smoke and asked me what that was. And I said it was the guys doing charcoal. And he kind of looked at me like, charcoal? Like, they're really making charcoal? And I said, yeah. And rather than, you know, want to storm out and go to the Gould's, you know, go chase Gould's, he wanted to go to the charcoal pit and, you know, talk to the guy, you know, in his best Spanglish that he, that he knew and, and, and that I knew and ended up, it made a great show. We actually, he got the idea to, uh, once he harvested his turkeys to, to, uh, cook the, uh, turkeys over charcoal from that ranch. And, uh, Darn, I have seen it, you know, lots of ranches down there do charcoal and I don't know exactly what they're selling those bags for, but, uh, uh, you know, big, like 50 pound bags compared to what we buy them in our, uh, the briquettes or what have you in Walmart or in the supermarkets in Arizona. It's probably mind blowing what they would actually sell it. But Anyway, back to the story. Uh, Steve actually uh, shot two turkeys and uh, soaked them in kind of a lemon brine, uh, got a good soaking on them, and then barbecued them over uh, mesquite and oak uh, coals. And, um, you know, mesquite coals, charcoal is kind of the cool thing, but they also do Encino, which is... Uh, oak oak trees and um, the it's great uh, the charcoal there so if you if you're in Mexico and you're seeing quite a bit of smoke a lot of times it's the charcoal pits what they do is they dig these big uh, uh, pits and we I've seen them several times but with Ranella we actually saw the whole process Steve had him kind of walk him through the process and that is they dig these big giant pits and they're probably 40 yards long. They're probably six, seven, eight yards wide. And they're probably 12, eh, 10 to 12 feet deep. Eh, let's say that might be a stretch. Say nine to 12 feet deep. And what they do is they fill these big pits with wood. And whether it be mesquite or, or um, oak, uh, depending on whatever kind of charcoal they're trying to create, they fill these uh, pits up and uh, then they have uh, these, these aluminum or I guess it would be kind of like aluminum siding or tin roof siding that goes over the top of the pit, if you will. And then they have them ventilated in just a way that they start, the, they start the wood on fire and get it burning. Then they cover the pits uh, with these uh, big uh, tin, uh, you know, like roof siding material uh, over the top. And then they kind of regulate how fast or slow the uh, burn is on the wood. And that's what creates all the smoke. And I forget if they're burning it real hot and then they back it off and then they just let it simmer. But it just sits in there and it creates, obviously, charcoal. Uh, so uh, what a great experience. I saw several ranches that, that had charcoal going. Uh, and I drove by some ranches that you could tell they were doing charcoal. Uh, but just, just a great, uh, great trip. It's always fun to see new properties. 
I'm kind of one of these guys that, you know, the grass is always greener on the other side. I always, Dar's the same way. We love looking at new properties. We love scouting new properties and kind of always going into it with the mentality of, you know, I wonder if there's a big buck over there. And it's kind of the adventure and the search. Uh, You know, it's rare for us to haunt a ranch more than, you know, four or five years in a row. And it's not a factor of maybe sometimes we don't like the ranch. You know, sometimes we'll let our friends hunt the ranch. It's more of a factor of we just love looking at new country and, and, and seeing, uh, you know, trying to figure a property out. We, we love going to a brand new property, trying to figure out all the glassing points, trying to figure out all the angles you know, the best way to look at country, the best way to pick apart country and, and find those bucks. And, you know, it's, it's taught us a lot over the years of how to work country, what to look for. Um, and, you know, it, 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 it never ceases to amaze me how every single, you know, just when I think I've got it kind of figured out, you know, a new curveball's thrown in, you know, maybe a buck shows up in a place where you never would guess. Uh, you know, just all kinds of stuff, but I definitely love the adventure. Uh, and, uh, we've got a few, uh, spots open, uh, for our fully guided, uh, coos deer hunts, uh, a couple spots here and there. And, um, we definitely have opportunities. If you guys are interested in, uh, do it yourself, uh, coos deer ranches, uh, the, the, Properties. There are some properties that uh, you can be the exclusive person or group leasing the ranch. Uh, there are some properties that have so many tags that, you know, if you only have a group of four or five, you're ultimately going to have to share with another group. Uh, and then there's, you know, you have to go based on size. Most ranches are based on size. And then certainly they're based on the amount of deer that they can get through their UMA, which UMA is... Uh, basically what the government survey tells them they can harvest. What we found normally is if the UMA says 10, you should hunt 5. If the UMA says 8, you should hunt 4. If the UMA says 14, you should hunt 7. Um, but it's a little bit of a moving target because you have all kinds of different owners that have different types of management strategies. Uh, and a general consensus is down in Mexico, it's been our experience that obviously, like most property owners, they're going to want to eke out as much money as they can uh, for their property. I've seen it over and over and over and over where a new property will be found, they get the UMA, they get 20 tags on their UMA, they hunt 20 deer. Well, it doesn't take but about two years, and you can't find any quality bucks. Because why? You've shot off all the age class. So if you guys are going to Mexico on your own and you're out there, typically hunt about half of the UMA. Um, And if you can stay at half the UMA, that usually puts you in a pretty good, uh, you know, ratio or pretty good scenario of not, you know, over harvesting your properties and, and shooting your you know, your, your age class off. Now I will tell you there's properties that, that the owner just says, listen, I get 10 tags. I want you to hunt 10 deer. Well, then you're faced with a situation whether you're like, well, if we decide not to, uh, 
excuse me, I had to put some chapstick. My lips are just dry as can be. If you decide not to take the 10 deer, you run the risk that someone else is going to step in right behind you and say, yep, we'll do 10. And it, it's, it, it gets so competitive down there that sometimes you just have to say, listen, ranch owner, uh, X, Y, Z, um, you know, your Uma gives you 10. My experience is you should hunt about five. And if you hunt about five, you'll be able to maintain quality for the next, you know, 10, 15 years. When you go more than that, you're going to run the risk that, yeah, maybe you'll have hunters for the first or second year, but you may not be able to find anybody to hunt your property for the third, fourth, fifth, six, seven, eight years. And it's been my, my experience and my opinion that if you over-harvest a coos deer property, um, you know, since a lot of people are looking for, you know, five, six, seven, eight-year-old bucks, as soon as you take the cream off the top, it can be a slippery slope and you're, you're left with a bunch of young deer. Well, as an outfitter, that's always a challenge for us of finding new properties and hunting a sustainable amount of, of deer that makes the ranch owner happy, but also trying to maintain that trophy quality. And I think there's no like, you know, perfect scenario because every scenario is different in that you know, every owner has a different idea. Um, you know, you could be dealing with drought, you know, different climate conditions that make a ranch one year better than the other, better antler growth one year, maybe better rut one year. Maybe it's really windy during that week in January when you go and the deer are down, not moving around. Maybe it's really hot. The, you know, the activity's not as good. Um, you know, you go during a full moon and, you know, the deer aren't moving. So you have a crappy hunt. Um, those are all things that play into it. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to kind of give you guys, keep you up to speed on, uh, how the trip went, uh, found some pretty neat Gould's Turkey properties. And I do have a, uh, a great, uh, Gould's turkey season 2017 coming up. I do actually have uh, spots available for 2017 this spring. If you want to go get a Gould's turkey uh, or two, uh, give me a, a, a shout on uh, my my email at, uh, excuse me, jscottoutdoors at gmail.com. Also on Instagram, you can hit me up at jscottoutdoors or on my business Facebook page, uh, J Scott Outdoors on Facebook, and uh, I can get you slotted in. Uh, right now, we're doing uh, Gould's Turkey uh, about the third week in April through the first two weeks in May. And like I said, I've got some slots here and there and uh, would love to uh, uh, fill those up. I help people every year that complete the Royal Slam. I help people every year that com complete their, their World Slam. Uh, the Royal Slam is when you shoot the Osceola, the Eastern, the Rio, uh, the, the uh, uh, Merriam, and the Goulds. And the World Slam is when uh, you throw the Oscillated in there down in uh, Campeche, Mexico. Uh, and uh, that's, uh, I've helped a lot of people do their World Slams too. So yeah, Goulds Turkey. You can visit my uh, website, GouldsTurkeyHunt.com. To check it out, uh, you can also go on my YouTube channel. I have a specific playlist. I think there's 65 or 70 Gould's Turkey Hunt videos uh, on YouTube. 
and I video every Gould's turkey hunt. So, I mean, you can literally, I say every, I video virtually every hunt, um, and you can go on there and see exactly what the hunt's like. Um, also, for those of you that uh, maybe can't afford to go on a Gould's turkey hunt, uh, I'll give a little plug to the Desert Christian Archers uh, uh, in, in Arizona. They actually bought a hunt from us, and uh, they're doing a, a Gould's turkey hunt raffle. And Dara and I are doing a uh, turkey hunting seminar March 21st at Calvary Church. Uh, they're off of I-17 Freeway. I believe it's between Cactus and Thunderbird on the west side of I-17. They are going to be, they're selling tickets right now for $10 a ticket. And they are going to be raffling off uh, that hunt. Now that's a 2018 hunt. If I have some slots open for 17 and you're, uh, you want to go this year, we can potentially make that happen. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm driving down the road, so I don't have the uh, website where you can actually buy the tickets. But you can go on my Instagram page, uh, and there's a flyer that the Desert Christian Archers did, uh, and the website is on there. I believe it's desertchristianarchers.org forward slash turkey hunt and then maybe raffle i'm not sure but if you go on desert christian archers i think you can find it if you go on my website you can also send me an email and i'll be happy to forward it to you uh Outdoors at gmail.com uh guys i want to thank you guys for listening uh and uh, giving me so much loyalty and support of this podcast i want to thank my sponsors uh gohunt.com insider uh, use the J. Scott promo code. You get a $50 Kuyu gift card. And, uh, guys, I also got uh, pretty exciting news I'm going to announce right now. Uh, uh, Kuyu.com. Kuyu has stepped up to sponsor uh, the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. Uh, Jason Harrison and uh, his crew over at Kuyu uh, are going to be a sponsor here at J. Scott Outdoors. And we've got some uh, kind of cool uh, promotional things to announce uh, here in a later podcast, uh, but it's an easy it's an easy one for me. I've used Kuyu uh, since since they came out, and um, you know Dar and I that's all we wear. That's the only uh, uh, hunting gear uh, that we use, and um, I'm sold on uh, Jason Harrison's. Uh, will to make the absolute best product out there, the most lightweight, most durable. Uh, you know, there, there's there's a happy medium between both of those characteristics, and I think Jason and his crew over at Kuyu do an unbelievable job. So super excited to announce Kuyu as the sponsor, and uh, we're going to be kind of having some promos uh, coming with that. And uh, phonescope.com. Uh, use the J. Scott 16 promo code and you get a 10% discount. Cheston Davis and his crew uh, do the best job at uh, being able to put any optic with any phone and uh, letting you take photos and video. And then the Outdoorsman's, uh, Cody Nelson, the Optics Authority, uh, the Outdoorsman's in Phoenix, uh, 1-800-291-8065 or Outdoorsman's.com. If you use the J. Scott promo code, you get a 10% discount over there. Uh, guys, uh, thanks again for your support and, um, yep, I appreciate all the love on Instagram as well. Uh, you can hashtag, uh, J Scott outdoors or J Scott outdoors podcast. Love it. 
I see all of those. Uh, love all the Instagram messages. If you send me an email, I will return it. If you send me a text, I will return it. Uh, if for some reason I don't, I'm either scouting or uh, I'm off uh, fishing or doing something. Uh, but I, I, I take that very, very seriously. And I love to connect with uh, with you guys, the listeners. So I just thank each and every one of you for your support. And uh, guys, that's all I got for today. God bless you. And uh, don't forget the Utah uh, draw applications are coming up here in about, I think they're one week away. And uh, we're actually going to have a couple of great Utah uh, draw, uh, big game draw uh, uh podcast episodes coming up here over the next couple days so if you haven't applied for utah uh you might want to wait and check out a couple of these great podcasts uh breaking down the units uh the different animals and uh find those finding some of those hidden gem uh hunts uh i've got some great guests lined up here so guys god bless you we'll talk to you later